You're about to listen to a message from the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Praise God. There's a fire that's kindled tonight and it will burn away every chaff in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. I said there's a fire that will be kindled tonight and it will burn away every chaff in the name of Jesus Christ. God has not changed. God is the same. Amen. It is people who change. God cannot change. God cannot lie. It is impossible for God to lie. Praise God. God is in control. Amen. And we are the ones who are privileged to still be standing. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good to us. God is merciful to us. We are here today by his grace. We're here by his mercy. Many of us have been all over the place, but we are here right now. God has made ways where we thought nothing could happen. Praise God. And that's why we're here. Amen. We're here to thank him, to bless him, to glorify his name, and to hear what he has to say to us. Praise the Lord. For every time God speaks, he says, once has he spoken, twice have I heard that power belongs to God. God speaks once, we hear it twice. Amen. Praise the Lord. We have an awesome theme to work with this period. It says, I believe God. I believe God. It's an awesome theme. Praise God. And it's very personal. I believe God. Hallelujah. Let us take a, a reading from Acts 27. Acts chapter 27. I'd want us to read uh, from, from verse... Uh, I want us to read very, you know, it's a lot. Or maybe I'll read it very quickly, you know, so we just follow. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read it from verse 1. Acts 27 from verse 1. And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment. So entering a ship of Adramitium, we put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia. Aristarchus, the Macedonian of Thessalonica, was with us. And the next day we landed at Sidon. And Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. When we had put to sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the sea, which is 
of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. Then the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy, and he put us on board. When we had sailed slowly many days and arrived with difficulty off Snedos, Nidos, the wind not permitting us to proceed, we sailed under the shelter of Crete of, Sal of Salmon. Passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Heavens, near the city of Lycia. Now when time had been spent and sailing was dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than the things spoken by Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to wintering, the majority advised to set sail from there also. If by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete opening towards the southwest and northwest and winter there. Praise the Lord. In verse 13, it says, when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close to Crete. But not long after, somebody say not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Euroclidon. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of an island called Clodagh, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship and fearing lest they should run aground on the sighted sands. They struck sail and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempestuous, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our hands. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after a long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Verse 25. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as he was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. May the Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. Okay, so we have the story here. Paul and some prisoners were being taken to Italy. And the weather was not conducive for them to sail initially. But in verse 13, the Bible says, a soft wind blew. And because the soft wind blew, the people who had experience now thought it was time to move. And so they said, let's set sail. And Paul had told them, we're not supposed to move from here. For I perceive there will be loss of life, loss of the ship, and loss of everything. But because a soft wind blew, verse 13, there was a soft wind that blew. 
And the men, based on this thing, say they supposed that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close, they sailed close to Crete. But not long after, a tempestuous wind came up, Euroclidon. I see, first of all, here that men, Christians, as we are believers, as we are, we must learn to trust the inspiration that we receive from God. We must, trust, we must learn to believe what we have received beyond what we see. He said the wind became, it was a soft wind. It was blowing softly. And so the people made up their minds it was time to move. However, there was a word not to move from there. But they decided it was okay to move. Why? Because the wind. But something, something happened in verse 14. He said, but not long after. I like this theme especially because I believe God was said at a point where all hope was lost. Hallelujah. They had been beaten by the tempests and all that, the winds, the waves. And Paul said, I believe God. I see that statement, I believe God, meaning that in the face of all my challenges, in the face of all my troubles, I can still believe. Praise God. Now the people, had they not launched out, they would not have got to this point. But they launched out. I see in the lives of many people, decisions that men have taken. Why? Because it seemed good. It would seem like the right thing to do. Some business and somebody went into it. And then all of a sudden in the middle, Euroclidon. <laughs> you know, in those days, there's a movie that... Um, you know, people, the movie that started uh, home movies in Nigeria, and somebody has said, I want to make money, and someone said, I'll take you, I'll show you how to make money, and he said, okay. And when he got to the point where they were showing him what he needed to do to make that money, he said, I don't want to do again, no. Because he had reached a place. When he saw it, it was good initially, but he got to a point, and they said, my friend, be a man. <laughs> Katobi. <laughs> say, be a man. He said, I don't want to do anymore. Some people, you know, when people are getting married, it's so very interesting. Everywhere is colorful. It's so nice. They brides, the grooms, they prepare the dance, the DJs, everybody. And you know what it is? It's the soft wind. Oh, yeah. And everybody's happy. And the confetti is going. Everything is going. Everybody is happy. Euroclidon. Five years. Ten years. And somebody looks at the wife of their youth and says, did they cover my eyes? But they are not speaking it out. And the woman is a this man. <laughs> Praise God. Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. It was a house of bondage. When the miracles were happening, it was good. It was nice. It was awesome. God was with them. But when they were in the wilderness, and they looked this way, looked that way, they didn't see where to go. And then they looked again, they didn't see Moses himself. For Moses had this habit of going to discuss with God and then forgetting that the people were there. So Moses was on the mountain, and the people were waiting for him. They didn't see him. He said, oh boy, 
Let us. Uh... He says, as for this Moses, I like that scripture. They say, as for this Moses. Do you know what it means when a person sees something that they, 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 they fear, they respected, and they call it this? The people have a saying. He say it's somebody who doesn't know you that calls you this person. Do you understand now? They don't know you. They can say, this person. That person. Because you don't know who he is. Challenges can make people do that. Challenges can make a Christian say, what, where are you going? Say, church, I'm not going. Why? Trouble. Challenges. Stress. Lack. So the statement, I believe God, was a statement Paul made in the face of extreme trouble. I believe God is like, in spite of what I see, I believe. I choose to believe. I made up my mind to believe. Praise God. Regardless of my circumstances, I believed. Listen, you know, I, I look at it and I see, I see Abraham here too. Praise God. Bible says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And when you say Abraham believed God, you're going to be thinking, what did he believe? What did Abraham believe? Abraham believed God said, come out from your country, from your kindred, and come to a land I will show you. And he left. He believed. If he didn't believe, he wouldn't have left. But he left because he believed. And God has said, I will make you a father of nations. Father of many. And Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God, how? In the face of what? All aridity, all lack, despondency. Abraham was old. He wasn't young. If you tell a young man you're going to have a child, he can believe it. But if a man's body is dead and his wife's womb is dead and you tell him you'll have a child, when he believes it will be accounted for righteousness. You know why? There's nothing around that says this can happen. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> he said, no soft wind. Nothing to say. You see, Abraham got to a point where initially, you know, I look at this thing. It's so interesting. I believe God here in Acts 27, 25 is advanced believing. You know advanced? Not kindergarten. When you're young, you're 40, you're 35, you can believe. You have a child, you can believe it. You get to 40, they say you can, you can believe it as a woman. You're 50 years. They say you have a child. And then you say, amen, oh. Once the oh goes after the amen, there's doubt there. <laughs> Do you understand now? You want to err on the side of caution. Let, me not, let it not be that I didn't say amen, but you know. Amen, oh. Because you don't really believe. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Bible says, and Abraham believed. It says, even in the presence of God, who brings life to dead things, there's something he believed, that God said something. Abraham believed it. Paul here saying the same thing. He said, I believe God, that no life here will be lost. He said, an angel of God, whose I am and who I serve, 
stood by me and said something to me. When what God says to you is more important to you than what you see, then you're ready to believe God. I get what I'm saying now. So you can look at your circumstances, look at your situation, and it's saying something contrary. How will these things be? It's always been the question. Jesus was coming to the tomb, tomb of Lazarus. He was coming to the house of Mary and Martha. For Lazarus was sick and the people sent for Jesus. Okay? They sent for Jesus. Lazarus, whom you love, is sick. And Jesus tarried a while and Lazarus died. When they sent to Jesus, they believed that Jesus could heal Lazarus. But when Lazarus died and Jesus came, they said, had you been here earlier, my brother would not have died. They had a level of believing. But they had not seen God. They did not understand that he could bring the dead back to life. Now, even when they thought it was possible, they said to Jesus, by now he's thinking. He said he's been in the tomb four days. He said by now he's thinking. What does it mean? That his thinking means that decomposition has set in. And Jesus kept on saying, if thou wouldest believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. And it was difficult for them. And I thought to myself, if decomposition is happening, that means perhaps maggots have started coming in. So when Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus and shouted, Lazarus, come forth. There was a reversal. Things turned backwards. If you have watched a movie where they rewind something, that's what happened there. So I see that all the things that happened, all the decomposition began to go back. Why? For somebody who was higher than anyone had spoken. Do you understand now? Where the word of a king is, there's power. And he had spoken, he said, Lazarus, come forth. And that word went in there and began to work in the situation and everything began to reverse. Listen, we serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. You see, God made this world by his spoken word. Bible says in the beginning, he said, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. And God said, and God said, and God said, had God not said anything, the status quo would have remained. But God spoke. And anytime, and when you read, and God said, and then you see, and it was done. And God said, and the response always will be, and it was done. And it kept on happening. God spoke everything into being. And when he got to man, he said, let us make man in our own image. Let us make man so that man will be able to speak like us. Do you understand? Somebody's not getting what I'm saying. God spoke everything into being. But when he got to man, he said, let us make man in our image. So, here was Paul with the people. The situation was terrible. They were way out at sea. It was dark. There was no light. There was no sun. Nothing. It was dark. It was cold. It was, there, was no, there was no hope. And Paul did something that God want, would want us to do all the time. Paul 
Paul stood up and declared, he said, brethren, take heart. He said, no life will be lost. What he believed, he spoke it. What he believed, he declared. The problem many times with Christians is that we believe in secret. We believe in a corner. Somebody dare not say what he believes. Why? Just in case it doesn't work. But understand that God is the one who watches over his words to perform. It is your place as a believer and my place to declare the word of God and watch God perform it. No man can perform the word of God. All we're supposed to do is to declare it. And so 2 Corinthians, I think chapter, chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. He said, we have in the same spirit of faith. He said, we, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. We also believe and therefore speak. We must learn something tonight that we need to give voice to what we believe. When God has said something to you, you need to be able to declare it. Praise God. May God deliver us from fear in Jesus' name. The word of God must come to pass. Bible says heaven and earth may pass away. But my word. He said, listen, no jot or tittle of his word will go unfulfilled. Has he said to you, you are healed? I tell you, believe that word. When Abraham believed God, Bible says he did not consider his body now dead. Neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. Many of us, we need to get to the point where we, you know, we know this God for who he is. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Except he hasn't said it. But if he has said it, understand that it will be accomplished. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, what did Paul believe? He said to him, in verse, uh, let me see, verse 24. He said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Why was Paul going to Caesar? Jesus had appeared to him and he had told him, the things, these are the things you will suffer for my sake. Jesus had told him, you will take the gospel to the Gentiles. Now, Paul had a mission. He had a purpose. Paul was on an assignment which had to be completed. Praise God. And so the angel said to him, you must be brought before Caesar. That means you must accomplish your purpose. Praise God. You must fulfill the reason for which you are on this journey. It wasn't about the goods. It wasn't about the things they were going to lose. It was that Paul was going to do what God had determined he would do. 
Understand something tonight? Paul did not ask to be freed. Did somebody hear that? There was so much trouble and Paul began to fast. And I perceive that from these scriptures that he was fasting and praying that nothing will hinder him from fulfilling the purpose for which God had called him. Is somebody getting me? That nothing would stop him. Many times when we believe God, we believe God for very personal, selfish things that have little or nothing to do with the kingdom. That have little or nothing to do with the program of God. Praise the Lord. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Now this part may not be very interesting, but it is still alright. Amen? Praise God. So Paul was focused on the mission. Another example of this, you know, is when Paul and Silas were in prison and they were bound, they were shackled, and Paul and Silas, Bible says, they began to pray. They, and, they, and they sang to God. They sang praises. And at some point, he said they did it so loudly that the prisoners heard them. As they were praising God, as they were praying, Bible says there was an earthquake. And every man's bands were loosed. And then I see Paul and Silas not getting up and running away. Praise the Lord. You're bound and then your chains fall off you. And the prison doors are open. What are you still doing there? Won't you? <laughs> ben Jones? <laughs> Hallelujah. You understand what I'm saying now? Somebody you're bound. And then you're set free. And you're still there. In fact, I, I looked at, even when they were arrested, I just would wonder, how come men who had power, so much power, could be arrested? Men who could say to a man, be blind for a season and the man was blind. How come they could be arrested? I see that they were subject to the will of God. And so they stayed in the prison. Quietly. And the jailer was about to kill him. So he said, we're all here. And by reason of their being there and not running away, because it wasn't time, the jailer and his family were saved. Who is on a mission here? Who is on a mission in his, in his circumstances? You see, if you're on a mission for God, no matter what is happening around you, I want to tell you, by God, the mission will be fulfilled. And that's why the Bible says, we do not look at the things that are seen, for they are temporal. But those things which are not seen are eternal. The word of God is an eternal word. Has he said it to you? He must bring it to pass. He is God. And all God is waiting for is people who will believe that word and then go from believing the word to declaring the word. Praise the Lord. Nigeria will be a great country. Praise God. God has said it. He has said it by many prophets and witnesses. And we have heard. We ourselves have heard. Praise the Lord. So no matter what we see, Omar Gege, DSP, but God, <laughs> hallelujah, but we believe God. 
if your commander-in-chief were to be a Harvard-trained or Oxford-trained like the Ghanaian president, many of us will believe, yes, so-and-so person, yes, he has a degree, he has the qualifications, and he can do this. But all we see around us is ineptitude, unqualified, unqualified. You know why? So that we look right, we look left, we say it cannot be done here. They can't do it. All. And then what do we do? We look up. We look up to God. We look up to God. Who is the one able to change times and seasons? We're not looking at men. We're not looking at mortal men. We're not looking at economic indices. We look at the word of God. What did he say to us? He said the land is good. And because God has said it, I believe it. And I stand on the side of God. Moses said to the people, who is on the side of God? It is not, you know, we don't, there are many things people look at, you know, uh, uh, this person's qualification, that one. People look at these things even in, to marry. To get married, they look at things. They say the family background is good. They say the family background is good. They say they have a name. There's a family, strong family name. <laughs> when I was getting married, God said something to me. He said, I'm going to bless you, not through, whom any, through anyone who would boast about it anytime. Praise God. God said to me, he said, I will bless you and your wife, but it won't be through anyone that would boast any day and say, I made them so and so. And so all the people that could have blessed us just didn't have money that period. God is awesome. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They like you, but they can't help you. Not because they don't want to help you, but they just can't. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And many people don't understand the workings of God in their lives. So they look at men. They say he's very wicked. Perhaps God is withholding the thing from you. Perhaps God is making it difficult for the man to do it. He wants to do it, but God is not allowing him. And because you're looking at men, you're not looking at God. And so God holds the man, he doesn't do it. But people who are not mature, we're walking about, say they're not kind, they're not good people. Listen to me, many of us, God will help us in the future. God will send you out to places, praise the Lord. Send you beyond Enugu, send you to Mbor, to... Hallelujah. Send you to places you know not where. When God called Abraham, he was taking him to a place he would show him. Abraham had no map. He had no GPS. He didn't have internet. Listen, when you want to go anywhere these days, you can Google it. How do they behave in the place? What are the things? You know, you just traveled, but I'm sure you checked it out. I do that all the time. This place I'm going to, what are the inhabitants like? How do they greet? How do they do this? But when God called Abraham, he called him to a place he would show him. A place he would show. He had not shown him. And the man at 75 left everything he knew. And began to follow. Listen to me. When you move at the word of God, people can call you crazy. But you need to be convinced what you have heard. Praise the Lord. You need to be convinced. And you see this mass thing. 
you know, will not work for you. Many of all the people with Paul were despairing. Only one man stood up and said, brethren, I perceive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it's not a question of, ah, my neighbor, everybody's shouting, and so I have to shout to them. Everybody's saying this. I've said, no, no, no. So God said to us, I'll not bless you. And I told my wife. I spoke it out. I said it to her. And all my in-laws, my sisters, everywhere, every... Listen, I'm the last born in my family. My wife is the last born. When last borns get married, the place should shake. That's what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. The place should shake now. When last borns are getting married. And so we had... 19 days to the wedding. I looked to my left, nothing there. I looked to my right. <laughs> you know what I did? I went to my bedside and I knelt down. And I said, Father, was it not you that said propose? <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, yes, yes, yes. Was it not you that said pick a date? I said yes. If I let me tell you the story of the date so that you get it. I was, I had proposed. She had said yes. But I was dilly-dallying. Dilly-dallying. I wasn't coming up with a date. And then one day, I was going to my room. If I was downstairs at uh, my sister's house, I was going upstairs. And the Holy Spirit said to me, when you get upstairs, your nephew will ask you about this date. Do you understand? So I, I got upstairs and I saw my nephew, he was drinking Milo. And I was just wondering, okay. So I hung around for him to say it. And he didn't say anything. As I made to go into the room, he just said, Uncle Emeka now. I told him, I said, what? When will you marry Auntie Ivy? I said, once has he spoken. <laughs> Twice have I heard. I heard it very clearly. It was for me. They told me he would say it and he said it. And then I told him, very soon, very soon. He said, okay. And so I picked a date. But 19 days to the time, nothing. So I went to God and I knelt down. And God asked me a question. He said, how many days to your wedding? That's how I knew it was 19. I said 19 days. He said, how many days did it take me to create the whole world that you see? I, I, I didn't even get it right. I said seven. But you know, God created the world in six days and rested on the seven. You know? And I said seven days. He said, how many days to your wedding? I said 19 days. And immediately, I said, thank you, Lord. And I stood up. And then he gave me a word. He said, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. In returning and rest shall you be saved. And I held on to this word. And the next day I was watching TV and somebody got on TV and was on fire and said, God has said in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And I had this word and I was holding it. One week to the time. I'm sitting with my sister and she says to me, so what are you going to do about sisters are blessed, amen. Praise God. And she was asking me if she was concerned. And then I turned my back to her. I did like Hezekiah. <laughs> I turned my back. 
I said, you know, I said, God will do it. God will do it. God will do it. She said, you know, your, my, my sister in Lagos is thinking maybe, you know, she should get us a microwave oven because Ivy will need a microwave, microwave oven. I said, God will do it. God will do it. The next day, I got a phone call. Somebody I'd met for just two weeks called me and he said, okay, come with Ivy. I may not be able to attend the wedding, but I have something for you people. And so we went to the house and he said, um, but when we came in, we saw a little dining set and I said, ah, this is very nice. So she said, well, I don't know. Um, I don't know what, but I think, you know, just look around the house and you can have whatever you like. And so we looked around the house and then we discussed, you know, what is she saying? And then I said, okay, like what and what? And she made a statement. She said, do you want me to put a limit on it? When she made that statement, I didn't hear her. I heard God. Do you want me to put a limit on it? I said, no. I said, okay. Um, I don't mind the TV set there. I didn't know that by saying the TV set, the stand and the VCR inside was part of it. I didn't know. And then she said, of course, the dining set, you know, that one. And then in one day, we got a TV set, VCR, dining set. We got a six burner cooker. We got, um, we got a microwave. We got a freezer. We got a fridge. We got, and when we got this, the six burner cooker, it was with a gas cylinder. We got, we got chairs. We got, let me tell you, what we did not take was what our house could not contain because our house was tiny. <laughs> Praise God. You know, anytime I think of that house, I remember you. Because when Georgie came, he said, my little house of no regret. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was crazy. And then, not just that, I had told her my wife was gifted and she could draw. And this person had a gallery of paintings and she had closed the gallery. And she said, of course, you can have all the paintings. All the paintings in the gallery. And these were old paintings. So we went out of the house and my wife said, we need, we need to he said, let's thank her. I said, we've already said thank you. He said, no, let's thank her again. I said, listen, I perceive that if we thank her too much, she may get angry. <laughs> no, no, understand, pay attention. I said, she may get angry. I said, if we overthank her, because I was sensing it inside me. So, well, you know, you want to err on the side of caution. So we went back. I said, thank you very much. She said, no, 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 no. I told her, you see, let us just carry this thing quietly. <laughs> So we had to go to Mabushi to hire a truck. And so we told our people, ah, see what has happened. They say, run quickly before they change their mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I believed God. Praise God. There was nothing else. And I'm telling you, this thing has been happening. It's been happening. It's been happening. One day I left my house, I looked at my wife. Nothing, one fighting, one quarreling, nothing was happening. I just was leaving the house. And I stood by the door and stopped. I just looked at her. I said, my wife, 
I said, I think when all is said and done, nobody will say I've been a bad husband. And she was looking at me. I was looking at her. Why did I say it? I don't know. And I left. Before then, I got a call in the morning, one morning, and one brother said to me he was praying and God was speaking to him about me. And that God had told him to just tell me to keep serving him. What did I say? God has said to keep serving him, not to bother myself about the things, you know, how I'm going to survive, how I'm going to take care of family and all of that. I said, thank you very much, brother. God had told me this, but I'm taking this as a confirmation. This was very early in the morning. So when I was leaving the house, I made this statement to my wife. On my way out, somebody called me, another brother. He said, where are you? I said, I'm on the way. He said, okay, why don't you come to the Hilton? And I went to the Hilton. And I called him, he was in the meeting, so he came out of the meeting. And he said, wait for me. And he went into the bank. And he cashed a check of one million naira and brought it and gave me. And he said, just a small gift from the Lord. And I was looking at him. He said, yes, just a small gift from the Lord. This was three, three hours after the call came in the morning. I said, this God, listen, God can do anything at any time. I have seen it. I have tasted it. Praise the Lord. Has he spoken? Has he said it? If he has not said it, you may wonder. When you go out to do a work like what we're doing, you don't know, you know, I just, I just say to myself, God bless pastor. Praise God. <laughs> it's not easy. You know, you don't know what pastoring is until you pastor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ah, you can quote five scriptures and vibrate. You want to start church? Start now. <laughs> start. Somebody went to one of the bishops and said, ah, he said, church is now business. He said, open one now. When I'm coming here, I have an idea of who I'll see. Do you understand? I'm thinking I'll see so-and-so person, I'll see so-and-so person, I'll see so-and-so person. But when you go out to a place, you don't know who will come. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so you pray, Father, you have many people in the city. Bring them. Praise the Lord. So if someone passes by you, say, is it this one? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you don't know. So one day you come, you see one person. Then he comes again. And comes another time. And comes again and keeps coming. Oh, then you know it's not you. That is God. Why would they come? For what now? Where were they before? We see God do things that amaze us. People come from different places. In fact, one young lady came into church one morning. It was awesome. Came with a little girl. After service, I was talking to someone. She interrupted the conversation. Say, Pastor, I need to talk to you. I said, what? She said she just got a word for her situation and we have not seen her since. I'll tell you what happened. 
She was on a bus and passing and saw the signboard and just dropped and came into church. She said she just got a word that she had been looking for all the while. Some man came to church and he had come the first time, the second time. And of course you expect he's coming, maybe he's going to be part of the church now or something. And one day there was a service and God gave a word. Reconciliation. And the man came to the altar weeping. And from that day, we didn't see him anymore. Some people will look at it and say, ah, you've lost a member. But do you know what happened? This man went back to his wife. But if you were to be in the flesh, you'd be happy that he's there in the church. And yet his marriage is not working. But you're seeing him and you're happy. May God deliver us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen to me. A man of God is not validated by the number of people following him. Praise the Lord. You know, this is a challenge of our time. That if there's a multitude following, then the man is validated. But Jesus said to some people, go back to your people. It wasn't everybody Jesus allowed to follow him. When the madman of the gatherings was healed of his madness, he was sitting with Jesus. And he said he wanted to be with Jesus. He said, go back to your people. And show them what great things the Lord has done. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are people who have tasted so much of God that they need to go somewhere and go and tell people. You get what I'm saying now? When you have got so much of God, you hear him, he has blessed you, has taught you, and you're sitting down in a place you can't afford to sit down. If there's reconciliation, you go and reconcile. Praise the Lord. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? If there's a problem in your family, and because of it, you ran to church, and God has delivered, you need to go back there and solve the problem. That's what it's about. It's not that people come to church you know, you believe God. There are people who will be with you and who would serve and who, there's one of my people here. Praise God. Bright, just wave. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's my gnat. <laughs> Praise God. Pastor calls him my, my gnat in Enugu. You know, he came initially, joined us, and after a while, he took off. Maybe the word that he heard was too hard. He took off. And where he was, God constrained him and brought him back. <laughs> Praise God. He's here at this, at this uh, summit because he determined, in fact, before I knew I was coming, he knew he was coming. Praise the Lord. It's good to be prayerful. Amen. He said to me, Pastor, this men's summit, I said, don't worry, we'll go for the uh, conf MSG conference in, in November. He said, Pastor, this summit, he's just been feeling somehow about the summit. And a few days later, I got a phone call. This summit, you're coming. And I called him. I said, bros, maybe you will come too now. God has heard your prayer. Praise the Lord. So we need to know. What is your situation? What is your circumstance? What do you see all around you? And how did you start? Very important. 
A man cannot begin with God and get halfway and begin to walk in the flesh. Praise the Lord. When you see people make certain adjustments, you know they're not walking in faith anymore. Make adjustments. You know, I attend not every meeting. I attend. Listen, when Jesus healed a woman who was bowed over, it was a certain day. She had been that way for 18 years. And her certain day came. You see, there's a period in your life where you must be found in the house of God. Praise the Lord. And I believe there are one or two persons who are here at such a time as this. For such a time as this. There are people who are in this house. There are people who didn't plan to come to church, but they say, let me just come. Praise God. God knows where you are. Hallelujah. God knows where you are. How many people? I have some witnesses. They're smiling at me already. They weren't sure they wanted to come, but they came all the same. You came here to hear that what God said, God will still perform. In the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to believe God again. Believe God. I'm not saying to believe me. Believe God. Believe God. Has he said it to you? He will do it. Has he said it? He will do it. You know, it's just so that God just wants to see that you're standing and waiting. And waiting. Somebody's believing God for a child. God will do it. Listen to me. What you need to do is to find out and, you know, align your desire with the will of God. And it is sure. Praise the Lord. God promised Abraham he was going to give him a son. Not so that Abraham would go about and say, ah, I have a son, I have a son. But God was raising a people for himself. Praise the Lord. Samuel did not come until God needed somebody to replace Eli. And so Hannah aligned herself. And all the while she was going, God, give me a child, give me a child. Until she made the statement, give me and I'll give him back. And he was sealed. For anybody who is called of God, your life must align with his will, must align with his purpose. That's how you can see things happen. Praise the Lord. I believe God that I'll stand before Caesar. I believe God that I'll declare this gospel to the ends of the earth. I believe God that I'll go and I'll achieve what he's sending me to achieve. Regardless of what is around me. Praise the Lord. That's what this is talking about. Do not be afraid. He said you must be brought before Caesar. When you read the end, you find out nobody died. In fact, after Paul had spoken to them, men were still struggling with the thing. And they wanted to jump out of the boat. <laughs> oh, can I preach to somebody? Can I preach to somebody? Paul said to them, if you jump out of this boat you will die. So they had to remain in the boat. In the boat that will be lost. He said, don't jump out. People are in certain relationships. Hey, hey, let me just jump out. <laughs> hear the word tonight. Don't jump out. Did somebody hear me? Don't jump out. He said he had given him the lives of all the people there with him. And they stayed. And no life was lost. 
according to the word of the Lord spoken by Paul. What are the things we're picking tonight? Align yourself with the will of God. Align yourself with the purpose of God. Understand that man is not your problem. Is somebody hear that? Man is not your problem. Your wife is not your problem. I preached this message in church the other time. Bible says in Judges chapter 6 that the children of Israel had done evil in the sight of the Lord and so Midian arose. There are people who think that their problem is with Midian or the Amalekites. No, the problem is usually that man is misaligned from God. And so all kinds of things happen. Those things happening are like, you know, they are symptoms of the bigger problem, which is that a man is no longer in sync with God. If you're not in sync with God, your finances will suffer. Your marriage will suffer. Sickness will be in the house. If you're in sync with God, things align. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow. We don't pursue things. Things are supposed to come after us as we seek the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, so people can look at things and say, ah, my problem is Midian. Anytime we do, they come and take it. This one, and you find Christians acting like children, just complaining all over the place. No, Bible says these things were happening until they cried out to the Lord. And the Lord sent a prophet. He said, I'm the Lord your God. I brought you out of the house of bondage. I did so and so and so and so. But you have disobeyed my word. When you disobey God's word, all kinds of things can go wrong. In this story we're looking at, there was a word before they set out. Let us not sail. There will be loss of lives. There will be loss of the ship. There will be loss of cargo. But the people didn't hear it. I have a word for somebody who has missed God at one point. Praise the Lord. Because at this point, they had missed God. The word came. They didn't heed. But then another word came. Why? Because someone had stood in the gap and prayed. And I believe at this, com- at this summit, people have been praying, men have been praying, standing in the gap for families, for nations. Amen? For our nation. And I believe God that all of us who have maybe missed it from beginning of the year till now, that a word will come to you. Amen? And God will set you aright in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I know your situation may not be, you know, you're not happy. You have not been happy for some time. But joy will come again in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, it just takes you settling these issues with God. That's all. And you see things begin to take shape once again. Praise the Lord. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I lay behind the heart. At what point are you in your journey? At what point are you in your walk with God? Things have happened to you. Things you can't explain. Things. Terrible things. Heartbreaking things have happened to you. And you are at a crossroad. He said, I believe God. 
Notwithstanding, I believe God. I didn't hear the first word, but I'm ready to hear the noun word. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. I want you to begin to talk to him. Talk to him. Lord, I see the circumstance for what it is. I see the situation for what it is. But I believe you. The champion of the host above and captain of my destiny. In you alone I make my boast. You reign alone as Lord. The champion. The champion of the listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Squarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashankari, Abuja. 9 a.m. on Sundays and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.